Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A commercial which aired during the Olympics was particularly moving. Without words, it shows a series of small children trying to stand, being helped by their moms. Then, another series of toddlers learning to ski and skate, their mothers picking them up when they fall. Then a series of young adults falling when skating or skiing competitively, and their moms helping them afterwards with their bumps and bruises. The commercial comes to a tear-jerking conclusion, a crescendo, with the same athletes winning gold and finding their moms in celebration. By it, we are reminded of the beauty of sacrifice, love and dedication to our children, the wonderful bond between successful athletes and their parents. It is hard to reach that level of success without an incredible amount of support. Yet, it is a long haul to raise kids, to grant all women with child and all mothers with infant children increasing happiness in their blessings. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. This petition in the litany has always stood out for me. It strikes me that we do not pray enough for the mothers in our lives, in our churches, and our community. The vocation, the calling from God to mother is an increasingly difficult task in our day. It is also a calling that increasingly fewer people value. Instead, a great many seek and long for more and more wealth and comfort in this short life over enjoying the blessing of new and maturing life. Yet mothering is one of the most important callings in our society. It is ultimately one of the most important endeavors in life. There is no bigger way to impact our world or society than being a godly mother. We should treasure and sacrificially support those who have been given such an incredible task. The older we get, the more this makes sense. And near the end of the gospel reading for today, we see a fascinating interaction between our Lord and a woman, a mother, who approaches him. The woman exclaims, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. And our Lord said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. What would possess a woman to approach our Lord with these words? If you stop and think about it, you could probably imagine what would prompt her to do so. She is likely a mother herself. Her reference to Mary's womb and breasts cannot but suggest that maybe she's a bit earthy, that she enjoyed her time mothering her small children. The intimacy of nursing creates an incredible bond. A year in with my youngest daughter, and I'm still not sure she knows who I am. When she's upset, I have nothing to offer her. 
It is a wonderful relationship between the little one and her mom. The sleep-deprived existence is rewarded with coos and smiles and them growing older. Yet it is hard not to sense some disillusionment in the words of the woman that approached Jesus. The joy of life and the company of small children became a distant memory as her children likely did not follow the path she intended for them when they became preoccupied with the things of the world over the faith and loving their neighbors. When she hears Jesus teaching and witnesses his mighty works, healing the sick, freeing the demon-possessed, raising the dead, she can't help but think how nice it would be to be his mother. And though the English translation doesn't do a great job here, Jesus doesn't actually correct her, but adds that, yes, certainly Mary, his mother, is blessed. She carried God in her womb, after all. She nurtured and provided nourishment to the God who created her. She marveled at these things. Yet she is doubly blessed. Because more importantly for her soul, she heard the word of God and kept it. She heard it from the angel Gabriel, from Joseph, her husband, from Elizabeth, from Simeon. She knew the Old Testament promises and rejoiced in singing the wonderful words of her Magnificat. She heard, believed, treasured, and kept the precious word of God. Mary is an example to all of us, for she needed to be fed and nourished, as do all disciples. And blessed are those who see their need. Blessed are those who hear the word of God. Blessed are those who treasure it. You need to be cared for in the womb of the church, protected against the temptations of this world, You need to be fed the pure milk of the word. The word that you will never be weaned from in this life. Yet do you see your need? Do you guard and treasure the word of God? What else competes for that honored status? Your pride? Your lust? Your fear of the opinion of others? Do you dismiss or disregard portions of Holy Scripture because they are not popular with our society or are inconvenient for your own relationships? The teaching of Scripture is meant for yours, for your good, and for the good of others. Do not reject the goodness of the law of God. Do not be convinced by those who would advocate for sinful action, lifestyles, or agendas claiming that People can't help it, that that was the way that they were born. Do not excuse the sin of your children as, well, boys will be boys, teenagers will be teenagers, or excuse yourself because you can't help but sin. This is as if to blame sin on God, to say that God created someone this way or that, that it must be okay, is a lie. From the devil. 
You know that our first parents fell into sin. And we now are born with the infection of sin and rebellion. God will not be mocked. The scriptures clearly state, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God and Christ. But thanks be to God, Christ, his son, promises us a second birth. So yes, people are born in sin, but Christ says to you, you must be born again by the Spirit and the Word. And this is holy baptism, a new heart and a new mind, freed from the bondage of sin. Hear the Word of God, cherish it, guard it, love it, keep it. Thus you will be blessed. For the Word gives you Jesus. You need Jesus. You are lost without him. Jesus, by his word, chases away the devil and his demons. Yet they will re return if you lose your Lord and make way for the things of the world. A house divided amongst itself cannot stand. You cannot serve two masters. We are called to see ourselves as nursing infants, in desperate, need of the work, uh, in desperate need of the milk of God's word, from which we will never be weaned in this life. Do you doubt these things? Jesus rose again. His teaching is trustworthy and life-giving. Where you failed to treasure rightly the word of God, Christ meditated on it day and night for your salvation where you have failed to support mothers near to you or struggled to be a good mother because of selfish interests and pursuits, Jesus laid aside everything for you and for your salvation. By forgiveness, you see, you do not need the things of the world. The well-being of a child is far more important than having a little bigger or a little better home. Dedication to a child is more important than the gadgets commercials insist we need. They are also more important than a nice retirement account. Life, live life day by day as our Lord has taught you. Jesus knows how much you have put into mothering, how much you've agonized over your mistakes, your sins, the ways you've failed. Cherish his kind and restoring word. Run to his forgiveness. You cannot forgive yourself. Only Jesus can give you the strength to stop beating yourself up. Everything rests in his hands. You can only provide so much when raising and caring for children. Let the future rest in our Lord's care. Come and give your regrets, your troubled conscience, your failings to our Lord. He feeds you divine food that you might be purified from the assaults of the devil. In the litany, we earnestly pray to our Lord to strengthen and keep all sick persons and all young children and to free those in bondage, to have mercy on us all. These are not empty words. 
Christ desires for us to pray them, and he, he, he will hear them. Our Lord is more gracious to our children than we will ever be. He holds all things in his hand and gives his angels charge over the little ones. He knows how to break the bondage of those in their sin. He is the stronger man. He has defeated the devil, and there is no question of his victory. Surely he will have mercy on the children. Surely he will not punish those who in faith treasure his word, and he will even have mercy upon you. In holy baptism, you who were mute in your sinful condition have been set free. Your tongue to praise your maker is no longer bound by devilish schemes. Say not to yourself, I lack the strength to fight off this demonic sin or another. Your gracious Lord provides the weapons you need to stand strong. Your baptismal grace and the Holy Spirit are yours in repentance. The mighty scriptures, the word of God, the same word that set the stars in the sky. That word is in your heart and on your lips. Rejoice, Jesus feeds you tenderly, divine nourishment, the mystery of his very body and blood. You are fully equipped. As wonderful as the bond is between a mother and a child, especially when the mother sees her child accomplish a great and mighty thing, there is no greater joy than the smiling face of your heavenly Father, who awaits to greet you when you finish the course of this life. He has sent his Son to die your death, to give you his righteousness, to strengthen and uphold you. The Spirit has come from the Father to be your companion on this path, to comfort, strengthen, and to cheer. The lures of this temporal life become like cheap plastic jewelry in contrast to the riches that await in the resurrection. Nothing else matters. Thus we pray. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.